You're listening to Salary Savvy, Episode 20. On this podcast, we explore how to advance the wealth and careers of women in other marginalized communities in tech. Here, you'll find practical, actionable advice that helps you scale your career and unapologetically create a life you love. I'm your host, Chrissy Battle, and thanks for joining me on this journey. This week, we are talking about the importance of capturing the full value of your achievements and your work by learning to quantify your wins. So if you have heard of quantifying your wins or quantification, but you don't know what it means, it is just adding numbers that show the specific results that you've achieved. Learning how to measure your work shows that you have the self-awareness to demonstrate your skills in a way that's easy for other folks to understand. And that's really where the wins come for you in terms of the career acceleration that you can see. So the work that you're doing has not changed through all of this. Your projects are the same. Your goals at your work, probably the same. But if you can learn to quantify your wins, then you are going to be setting yourself up for so much more success for the same level, again, of existing performance in your job, just because you're helping your skills be viewed from a clearer and more advantageous light. So this is an exciting topic. We have talked about why you should care about it. Let's talk about how you actually do it. So to quantify past wins, the first thing that you want to do is look at your accomplishments So this could be, you could pull from project notes that you've had from your resume. If you've had to write uh, self-assessments for your annual review in the past, pull those up. If you've had any sort of daily tracker or document where you keep notes, look through your past work and pull out a list of projects, ideally from each role, a couple from each role that you think would be good candidates for quantification. So good candidates would be things like it's the most important work that you did in that role, or you have a pretty good idea that it's going to be easy to tie a measurement to it. Now we're going to talk about how to actually do that, how to quantify your wins. So the four major measurements that I think are best to use are money or revenue. And really, this is the best one. If you can tie what you're doing to cash, either cash saved or even better, revenue earned, that is going to be the best of all of these because companies love revenue, right? So if you can associate your work directly with more revenue or significant cost savings or some other benefit that is tied to money, that should be your number one goal. But we can't tie everything to money and that is okay. We have three other measurement types that you can also look to. So the next one is people. So did you save people time? Or did you grow a team to improve their performance? The thing about this one is this also ties to money because people's skills and time cost money. So if you are saving people time and you can't specifically quantify the dollar value of that, you can quantify the hours saved or the efficiencies implemented in association with the performance of yourself or other folks on your team. The next one is 
ranking. So if your company is a type of company that has a ranked performance, like in the marketplace, maybe it's a professional association or something measures your company's performance and your projects have affected that ranking positively, that would be absolutely something that you would want to associate a measurement with for your quantification. Another facet of ranking is if you are in a sales structure in tech and you have improved your own ranking, say on the sales team, then that is another thing that you can highlight. So ranking is a type of measurement that we all understand. And so that is an easy framework for you to use to tie value to what you're doing. And the last one is time. Did you save other teams time? Did you save your customers time? Time, like people, is associated with money. So three out of the four directly associated with money. So money and revenue, number one. People, number two. Rankings, number three. And time, number four. So again, did you save your customers time? Did you save folks on your team time? Did you save project time? Whatever it is, that is another way that if you don't have exact numbers of revenue improvements to associate with your win or your accomplishment, tying it to one of the other, so people ranking or time, also shows a very concrete method of measuring your value. So now that you have the four measurements that you want to look at, and you have a list of your past accomplishments, you're gonna go through and figure out which type of measurement is best for each type of accomplishment. And the thing that I wanna call out here is you do not need to have 10,000 measurements for each achievement. You wanna tie one metric or measurement to each accomplishment, especially when you're first starting so this does not feel overwhelming. I would say max, even when you get really great at this, one to two key impact measurements per accomplishment. And this is because for the person that's reading this or you're telling this to, the person consuming that information, if you have more than one or two numbers associated with whatever you're telling them, they're gonna get confused or bored or they're gonna lose track of what you're saying. And that's another way that you can miss out on the value that you're creating in the workplace. If you're not communicating effectively, even if you're, if you're throwing 100 numbers at someone, they're going to, their eyes are going to glaze over and they're not going to be paying attention and they're not going to be, you're not going to be getting the value out of your performance. The same as if you don't have any metrics or measurements or quantification associated with what you're doing. And the worst part is if you've associated all these numbers with them too many, then you've done extra work that's not getting you any benefit and we don't want that. So target one to two metrics per accomplishment. And once you have figured out which types of measurement you want to associate with each of your accomplishments, then you want to start looking for the data that you can pull out and tie in those measurements or metrics into your accomplishment. Is it better represented as a dollar amount or a percentage? Let's say you have a dollar amount and it's like $15,000. Maybe that doesn't sound very exciting based on the size of project. But if you look at it as a percentage of maybe, say, if it's a vendor, maybe that vendor's contract value or the total spend on the project or whatever it is, maybe the percentage is like 40%. So what the activity that you did had a 40% cost savings, that sounds really great. 
and that might show more impact than giving the actual dollar. So think about that when you're running through the achievements. The other thing to note about this is that you do not have to be exact. Okay, you do not have to say 45.23%. Approximations and ranges are especially okay for past performance. So maybe it's a while ago that you did these things, you're pulling it up from your project trackers and your old notes, and you know approximately the savings, or you have notes that capture a range, but maybe you don't remember the exact savings value. Approximations and ranges are okay as long as they're specifically called out as that, okay? So don't represent really specific numbers, like don't have specificity where there isn't, but approximations for capturing value is also okay. One way that I personally do this is using a tilde when I don't know the exact amount or when it's just too much work to find the exact amount to share the value. So a tilde is a character. It stands for approximation in, I believe, mathematics, but it is basically a little squiggle. You can just Google tilde, T-I-L-D-E, and you would put that in front of the number. And that is that just demonstrates in one character that what you are then sharing after that, after the tilde, is an approximation. So if you have tilde $1 million, the reader will know, okay, approximately $1 million. And that can be fantastic, especially if you're doing a historical look back of achievements, because you don't have to agonize over like, oh my God, was it 18% or 22? Tilde 20%, my friends. Okay, make it easy on yourself. Make sure that you are not misrepresenting your work, but you're also capturing it in an efficient way that helps other people understand the value. So as you're doing look forwards and as you're doing more focus on quantification and measurements in the future, you can have more precision. Precision is fantastic, but sometimes the value that you're looking to share isn't necessarily best captured by, by precision. You're just spending extra time that you don't need to when an approximation or a range would work just as well. All right, so we've talked about the look back. We've talked about the types of measurements. We've talked about how you can approximate the value that you've created if it's been a while or you don't have exact precision, as long as you have a good idea of what it was, or precision would just require too much work to get to the exact number or amount. The next thing that we're gonna do is talk about how to actually write the quantification. So you have the accomplishment that you wanna capture, you have the quantification. How do you combine these things so that it sounds good and so that it is easy for the person receiving the information. So reading it, you're telling it to them, whatever it is, easy for them to consume. So the framework that I like to use, I'm going to put in the show notes so that it's easier for you to look at if you like a visual, but it's really just the framework is sentences with the structure, my work on X project impacted X metric by the amount within this time frame. And it can be more than one sentence, but really that's all you want to capture. You want to capture the project name, the metric, the amount of the metric, so the quantification, and then the time frame, because that is relevant information. So what this does is 
It keeps you from being too verbose. So you want to keep each performance bullet point that you are sharing with someone else to one to two sentences, ideally. The more that you write, the more likely it is that they are going to get lost or confused. So my work on X project impacted this metric by this amount in this time frame. So to help illustrate this, I have a couple of examples of an unquantified achievement and then that same achievement that is then quantified using the format that I just talked about so that you can hear the difference. The first one, so this is an example for a product manager. So let's say the product manager had a bullet point that said, I launched a new product feature to improve our customer experience and increase product adoption. So there are no quantifications in this, no numbers. We don't know anything about the impact that this product manager has actually created. But if they switch to the quantified version of this, they can say something like, my work on the in-app product feature increased customer adoption and drove an additional $800,000 in annualized revenue. So they took the project name, so in this case, an in-app project. They talked about the metric, so customer adoption of that product. And then they associated an amount. In this case, it is revenue. They could have also used a percentage. So they could say something like, my work on the in-app product feature increased customer adoption by 35%. Another example would be for, let's say you work in customer success or customer service in tech. So maybe your unquantified achievement would be, I improve customer pain points and increased retention through X project. A quantified version of that could be, my work on the customer retention initiative Reduce the time to resolution by 20% for our highest impact customer tickets over the last six months. So they have taken their work on the project name. So in this case, the company's customer retention initiative. They've impacted the metric, in this case, time to resolution. They've given the amount, 20%, and then the time frame, the number of months. And so I hope you can hear how if you listen to I Improve Customer Pain Points, and increased retention through, through the customer retention project doesn't hit the same as my work on the customer retention project reduced the time to resolution by 20% for our highest impact customer tickets over the last six months. So you want to take this sentence framework and you want to go back through all of the achievements that you have highlighted from the prior steps that we talked about in this episode and you want to try to fit them into this framework. So maybe they all won't fit into this exact formula, but remember your goal is to keep it one to two sentences, have the name of the metric in there, and then have some sort of number associated to the metric performance that you achieved. So we've talked about past performance. Then the other thing that we wanna to touch on is future work. So now that you know what you need to look for, for accomplishments, then you can factor all of those things in for future work, but you can track it as you go. So you're basically writing your accomplishment as you're doing it. So when you think about a project, you can think in advance, what is the most one or two important metrics that I can associate with this, right? Is it revenue? 
people, ranking, or time. And then that way you are coming at it with the end metric, the end accomplishment pre-written in terms of the format. And what that can really help you do is make sure that you are focusing on the highest impact pieces of work that you can be doing. So if you were going through this exercise for your current initiatives and the things you want to do in the future, and you're seeing that your work in one place can save your company hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, and then the other work that you're doing is maybe worth $15,000, that can also actually be a really helpful priority setting exercise that you can realize like, ooh, okay, well, then I'm going to need to be focusing more of my time on this better result because that's going to have a higher impact for my company. It's going to have a higher impact for me. The other thing, the last thing that I want to touch on is sometimes achievements can't be quantified. So if it can't be quantified in one of the four measurements that we've talked about, but there's another measurement that works, use that one. That's fantastic. But sometimes the work that you do can't be quantified with numbers or percentages. And that's okay, right? So there are just some things that you would want to write the value of what you've accomplished in the way that you perceive it. While it's okay to have that, ideally you do want to have at least one or two other accomplishments associated with quantification around that. So think of it as like you can sprinkle in some unquantified achievements, but you still want to have quantified achievements in there with it. So I'm thinking, I'm visualizing like on your resume or when you're writing your annual review or when you're in an interview and you're talking about what you've accomplished in prior roles and the skills that you can bring to the new company. So unquantified achievements are 100% okay, but you still want to mix in as many quantifications as you can. So the thing about growing your career is that it is both about learning new technical skills, but it's also, and just as importantly, about how to communicate those skills. So you might be learning new skills on the projects that you're working on, but the other skill that you're nurturing here, learning to quantify things, is going to help you unlock more value in the technical skill that you're learning. So when you are applying this, when you are going back through and quantifying your wins, Go through and update your resume and your LinkedIn profile. If you are writing a self-review, do this with that in mind. If you are communicating to your company, to your boss or your boss's boss about a project, use quantification. I know this episode has a little bit more homework associated with it than most of the other episodes, but I just want to stress again and again that it is worth it. So take the time to do that look back. Take the time to set yourself up for future project quantification, because once you have your brain oriented to that type of thinking, it becomes more automatic over time and it becomes easier. And you're going to see faster growth and faster career gains once you're able to successfully wield this skill set. And that is what I want for you. I want faster growth. I want you to make more money. I want you to achieve the things that you are after. All right. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I know that I am. And if you are enjoying the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would go wherever you grab your podcast from, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever it is, and go in and rate and review the show. 
because what that does is it helps others find the show so we can all go on this journey together. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye for now.